0: and welcome to episode 54 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I am going to be telling you all about apple tree care. As I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I had to learn everything about caring for apple trees the hard way when we moved into our current home, which had an apple tree in the backyard. I was very happy to learn this but i had a lot more learning to do in order to actually get a successful harvest from that tree i'm going to be telling you all about the steps that i take to take care of my apple tree every year in this episode but first a word from our sponsor so i was wildly excited to learn that we had an apple tree in our backyard Like, I can't even tell you, I kind of was washing dishes and I looked out and I knew it had flowered, but like, I assumed it was like a dogwood tree or something like that. But I was washing dishes and I kind of just happened to look out the window and realized like fruit was actually developing on the tree. So I like ran outside and I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's an apple tree. And my mom and my mother-in-law were both like, well, it's probably just a crab apple tree, but no, it's an actually apple apple tree. And I was so excited. And I kind of thought that all I had to do was just like, I don't know, like maybe water the tree every once in a while and let the fruit get bigger and then harvest it, right? Like I, I thought, I seriously thought that's all I had to do, but no, not even close. There are actually... lot of things that you need to do to take care of any fruit tree, honestly, Um, not just apples. But this is all about apple trees, and it's going to cover a little bit about kind of conditions and diseases that are specific to apple trees. So that's kind of why I have made it specifically about apples, even though there are a lot of things in this episode that are going to be true for just about any fruit tree. My first apple tree care tip is going to be to thin your fruit. I was so excited. I could not wait for my first apple crop. And around July of that first apple crop, just like a few months from harvest, just like a month from harvest, honestly, I, I started noticing gray splotches developing on each and every apple. And I was like so upset and I figured that they were all ruined. This is a condition called sooty blotch. It's a, it's a pretty harmless, but you know, like pretty ugly condition caused by a variety of fungus. And The reason why it happens is typically because apples, you know, the apples on the tree are not getting enough air circulation around the fruit. And high humidity can also be a factor. So, apples, if you didn't know this, and I didn't know this until I really started having to take care of an apple tree, apples tend to grow in groups of five. And if you let all five of those apples in that little kind of cluster, blossom and fruit and grow they are going to be really really tightly packed together and it's going to be really really likely that they're going to develop some sort of fungal thing because they're not getting enough air circulation so what you need to do is thin the fruit out which is exactly what it sounds like you actually have to pick off some of the fruit to give the apples enough space so that none of them are touching and ideally they have about four to six inches in between them that to you because it did to me at the time sounded really wasteful. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm picking off so many perfectly good apples, but you really, you have to do it because the fungal stuff will happen. And also having the tree overloaded means that you will get smaller apples in general by picking some of them off. That means that the tree can focus more effort into, you know, making those apples that remain on the tree a lot bigger. This also keeps the branches from getting too heavy and possibly breaking, because believe it or not, just about every fruit tree is, you know, capable of producing so much fruit that it makes the limbs too heavy and the limbs can actually snap off. And that's obviously something that you want to avoid. So. Once fruit trees drop their blossoms and they start to set fruit, you're going to want to get thinning. I usually wait until my apples are about golf ball size, maybe a little bit bigger. And for me, this is, I would say, mid-June to late June. The reason why I do that is because, one, I can identify fruit that's undersized or not as healthy or was improperly pollinated, Um, and, and sort of get rid of that. But two, what's known as the June drop, this kind of happens as the weather warms up and the tree sort of has a chance to sort of cull itself down naturally and decide how much energy it has for bearing fruit. And whatever it feels like it can't support, it will drop. So again, that's called the June drop. And I wait until after the June drop to to sort of thin things out because otherwise I might end up, you know, thinning and then the tree drops a whole bunch, and then I'm left with hardly any harvest at all, which has happened to me before. Again, had to learn that the hard way. Tip number two for caring for your apple tree would be to prune your branches. Another factor in fungal disease, besides, you know, the fruit being too close together, is branches that overlap each other. And this causes the the fruit to kind of crowd one another and keeps them from getting enough air and especially sunshine. Fruit needs a lot of direct sunshine. And the tree, honestly, it does not behave. It does not just naturally grow branches that don't overlap each other. Apple trees especially can get really kind of gnarly and weird. I have... I had one branch that kind of grew out and then down and then back, like like half of a square. It was really weird. And it happens, though. You So you want to prune off any branches that are crossing over one another. You want to prune off any branches that are going straight up. These are called water spouts. And you want to prune off any branches that are kind of growing back toward the tree, like that kind of square-shaped one I was just telling you about. You never, ever, though, want to prune any fruit tree mid-season. Even if you've discovered problems with fungus, even if you've discovered, you know, trees that their branches are crossing, it it can damage the tree because the tree is focused on fruit bearing. It won't be able to efficiently heal that damage that's been done by pruning it. So you want to wait to prune until the tree goes dormant and you know ideally right before it starts budding like in january or february is when i typically prune my apple tree You also want to prune away any dead or damaged limbs during that time, which can be a little bit harder to see, you know, when the tree is dormant. So what I typically do is during the fruiting part of the season, during the growing season, is I will get a piece of tape and I will mark on my tree kind of by putting a piece of tape around it where needs to be cut off once the tree goes dormant. So that's a nice way of just kind of like helping you not sort of losing track of where that dead branch is. The next apple tree care tip I have is to use a fungicide. So the first year that I had my apple tree, I had this sooty blotch, you know, this fungus. In year two, I was like, okay, I know I need to thin out my apples. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep that from happening again. And I was like all set to have an apple harvest. And then these bright orange spots started showing up on the leaves of my apple tree. And I was like, well, that does not look good at all. What the heck is that? It is another fungal infection that's very, very common called cedar apple rust. So cedar trees create these galls that release these fungal spores and these fungal spores can travel for like miles on the wind and it's most active between I would say March and May is when those cedar galls that produce the cedar apple rust spores are most active and those spores land on your apple tree and they turn into these tiny bright orange specks and those bright orange specks get bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually develop, you know, a black spot in the middle of them. And if it gets bad enough, it will actually start to defoliate the tree and the fruit will not finish ripening and it will drop before it ripens. So that year, again, I didn't have an apple harvest because I had yet another fungal issue. And if you let cedar apple rust kind of occur in your tree multiple years in a row without doing anything to mitigate it, it can actually weaken the tree over time. So it's a really good thing to make sure that you're you're taking care of it if you do see it. I use a fungicide to treat this. I use a copper fungicide that's considered organic. Now, the thing about a copper fungicide, though, is you have to be careful with it. You want to use as few applications as possible because if you overspray your tree, you can end up with too much copper in the soil and it will go toxic. And obviously, that's very bad for the soil and that's very bad for your tree. Typically, I can get by spraying my tree twice, just in, in a whole year. I spray it twice. I I spray it probably sometime in early to mid-April after it has blossomed. Never, ever spray a, a fungicide while a tree is in blossom because it can harm the bees and the pollinators. Um, so make sure that blossom drop has happened. There's, you know, there's no more or there's very few blossoms left on the tree. You want to wait until that that part is done. So I wait until that's done. I spray the tree, and then about two to three weeks later, I spray the tree again. Typically, we don't have to spray beyond Memorial Day. This year was a little bit weird because it was it stayed cold like freakishly cold much further into the year than usual so those cedar galls were active for a lot longer than they typically are probably about two weeks longer so I did have to do one more spray than usual I did end up having to do three sprays this year Um, but like I said try to limit the number of sprays that you do Try to spray on a calm day. Otherwise, you'll end up with copper fungicide in the face. And even though it's not poisonous, it's not something that you want to get in your eyes or your mouth. Try to pick a day where there's no heavy rain or storms in the forecast. Less than an inch of rain since the last spray is not really going to affect the the amount of spray, the residue on the leaves. One to two inches of rain is going to reduce the residue by about half. And you're going to want to reduce the number of days until the next spray by half as a result. More than two inches of rain since the last spray will resume most of the spray residue and you'll need to respray as soon as possible. So those were the kind of guidelines given by um, the Kansas State University's Research and Extension Office for spraying apple trees with fungicide or any fruit tree with fungicide. If you need to see specifics on that, you can see the sister post for this episode, which is available in the show notes at my blog, bnbasil.com. Make sure you saturate the leaves and get both the leaves and the branches and slash trunk from like every angle you can. I use a, um, a pump sprayer and I have found that the fan function on my garden pump sprayer works the best for application. You can spray your tree after you've harvested in the fall to kind of help sort of pre-treat the problem in spring, but depending on the severity of, you know, the spores in the air the following year, you may need to treat your tree, you know, both in the fall and the spring. It's important to note that copper fungicide will not get rid of an existing fungal infection in the spring. It won't reverse the symptoms of, you know, it's not going to get rid of those spots on the leaves. All it's going to do is keep the fungus from spreading to and damaging other leaves and subsequently the fruit. If you've applied it and things just seem to be getting worse, Honestly, there's not really anything you can do at that point. You probably just want to cut your losses and start fresh next year by spraying this year in the fall. I know missing out on an apple tree harvest really is such a huge bummer. I've had to do it a few times, but the good news is that as long as you continue to treat your tree for cedar apple rust over the long term, it's not going to kill your tree and it's not going to negatively impact it. The next thing I would recommend for taking care of your apple tree is to use a dormant spray. So if you've noticed a pest problem on your fruit tree, like maggots, moths, or some kind of borer, you're going to want to spray your tree with a dormant oil the following year. Just like pruning, you'll want to spray the tree while it and the bugs and eggs hanging out in its bark are dormant for the season, like late winter or early spring, so like February. Try to spray on a sunny day above 40 degrees and make sure you dilute the dormant oil according to package directions. Same thing with that fungicide I just mentioned. Diluting it according to package directions, really, really, really important. Don't feel like if you go full bore and do a higher concentration, you're going to be like getting doing a better job of getting rid of anything. Actually, what you might end up doing is doing harm to the tree and causing toxicity in the soil below. So make sure you're following directions. There are organic dormant oils, including neem oil, which is what I prefer. Neem oil, though, can harm beneficial bugs and insects. So that's another reason why I say you should use it in like February when, you know, there aren't really any pollinators out. There aren't really any or very many beneficial bugs out. And that way you're not going to be harming them in any way. We always, even with organic methods, want to make sure that, you know, we are harming as few pollinators and beneficial bugs as possible. My next lax tip for taking care of an apple tree or really any fruit tree would be to prop up your branches when needed. Like one apple isn't really heavy, but like 50 apples, that's pretty dang heavy and Honestly, like that's not impossible. You could have more than that on one apple tree branch. Apple tree fruiting tends to go in cycles. One year it'll be super heavy and the next year it'll be a little bit lighter as the tree kind of tries to rebuild some of the strength after producing so much the previous year. On those super heavy fruiting years, in addition to thinning your fruit, you might also need to support your larger branches. Propping is especially needed during the last month before harvest as fruit will just kind of keep getting bigger and bigger and heavier and heavier. Anything that seems like it's under a great deal of stress, like especially if it's brushing the ground when it's usually like several feet up in the air during dormant season, should be propped up to help keep the branches from breaking under their own weight. So there are several different ways that you can do that. You can get a 2x4, cut the bottom corners off to create a V like the bottom of a stake, drive the 2x4 down into the ground at least a foot with a sledgehammer so that you know you can get it just really, really sturdy. It's not going to blow over or fall over really easily. Once you have it driven down into the ground, you want to also notch the top into an empty V shape. And this is kind of the crux of that is where you would put the branch. Um, The notch is going to help keep the branch from slipping off. Gently lift the branch up and set it down into the notch. So that is how you would prop up a branch. Sometimes you end up having to do a couple different props around a fruit tree. That's totally normal. Just be as gentle as you can and Honestly, if propping is not an option, you may need to thin those branches out, the fruit on those branches out a little bit more just to kind of help relieve some of the load on that tree. Finally, if you are planting a new tree, make sure that you keep the grass cut back so you don't have to plant a fruit tree in the spring. You can actually plant a fruit tree in the fall. And it's really great because then it has all fall and all winter to focus its energy on creating strong roots, but you want to make sure that you cut the grass back around the base of the tree, at least a three foot in diameter circle, if not a little bit larger. The reason why we do that is because controlling grasses around a newly planted tree helps them grow stronger and faster. That tree then does not have to compete for nutrients and moisture with the grass. You know, the grass isn't sucking all of it up first, so the tree gets all of that instead trunks, top growth, you know, otherwise known as branches and leaf area have all been shown in scientific studies to be greater for trees that had bare soil or mulched soil at their base instead of grass. So if you're planting a new tree or you're planting especially a new fruit tree, make sure that you kind of cut a circle of just bare soil around it, no grass on the inside of that circle. And I prefer to mulch. I mulch with hardwood to help keep the soil from drying out too quickly and conserve moisture. Keeps you from having to water your new tree quite as often, but you will still want to water your new tree probably, if it's not raining anyway, at least once a week. Apple trees are honestly one of the most fascinating things. I would actually love to do a few different things with my apple tree. I would really like to try grafting a different variety on my existing apple tree rootstock. The history of it is is just really, really cool. Unfortunately, you cannot plant an apple seed and get a reliable apple tree. What you'll end up with is probably not going to taste very good. Every apple tree that is in existence is, you know, a graft or a clone of a tree that was bred, it was not grown from a seed. So Keep that in mind. I know home science experiments are fun, but unfortunately, an apple tree from a seed is is not one that's going to work out well. Just want to save you that little bit of heartache. So that's it. Thank you so very much for listening. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the basics of succession planting It's almost mid-July, and so it is almost time for me to start putting out my fall crops and start starting my fall crops from seed. I cannot believe that it's here already. I feel like this summer is going crazily fast, but I am going to be telling you how I organize my succession planning and kind of a few tips and tricks for making sure that you get the most out of the space that you have available to you in your growing season. So that's what's on deck for next episode, but until then, I hope you're happy and healthy and that your garden is too. Thanks guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit bandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.